I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in in episode 73 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. There are many ways to get in touch and I recommend and I would ask you to. I'm curious to hear your feedback, your thoughts. What do you like? What do you not like about the show? How can the show be even better and more helpful for you in your pursuit of Dynasty greatness? Hopefully you've been enjoying this series. We've been doing a little recap of all the positions um, now that we've had the draft and we know where things land. We've covered off our wide receivers and running backs. We've covered off tight ends. And today we are covering off the confusing class of quarterbacks that we had in 2022. And to do that, I have an amazing guest who is still with us. He did not leave after the first episode there. He's back again. It is none other than the wonderful Matt Thornton at Matt FF Dynasty on Twitter. Give him a follow, co-host of the Fantasy Wildcard. And hopefully you listened to him yesterday or Monday, sorry, when we were talking tight ends. If you haven't, go back and check that out. It's well worth it. So without further ado, we're going to get right into these quarterbacks. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. Here we are back again. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the tight end talk as much as Matt and I did. Again, I am joined by the special guest, Matt Thornton at Matt FF Dynasty on Twitter. Give him a follow if you don't already. Super smart dude. Has a great Sheffield accent. Absolute bonus. Check him out over at the Fantasy Wildcard as well. Give them a follow. Check out, check out their um, podcast. They are dropping weekly nugs for you, helping keep you sharp over on the side of the pond. We are going to be running through the quarterbacks, so such as they are, um, today, and it is going to be almost as exciting as the tight ends. I'll, I'll, I will go out on a limb, and I will say that it's going to be almost as exciting Matt, are you ready for this? I'm I'm more than ready. I mean, I've been I've been eager to get onto these quarterbacks. <laughs> oh yeah, you should have seen he was licking his lips, rubbing his hands <laughs> together. He just could not hold himself back. So here we go. Diving straight in. Same as last couple of positions here. We're just gonna go kind of through the order that they came off the board in the NFL draft and talk through our takes, our thoughts, our condolences, our prayers for these guys when it comes to our dynasty squads and, and where we're looking at taking them and where we value them. So first off the board, the only quarterback taken day one, Kenny Pickett. Kenny small hands pickett goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers at pick 20 um so yeah matt what are your thoughts on kenny pickett do you like him do you hate him and do you think i, I want to know your take on do you think 
the Steelers regret taking him in the first round, seeing how the board fell? Or do you think that if he hadn't been taken in at 20, he still would have gone fairly early and he was just viewed that much higher? Um, I'll just start by saying hate was a, was a strong word there, but to be honest, I'm, I'm not too far away from that. I'm not I'm not super excited by, by Kenny Pickett. Um, just looking back at his college production, the fact that it took, took five years basically for him to even start getting any kind of production over there at Pittsburgh was... It was a bit of a red flag for me coming into, into the NFL draft. I think I had him as low as quarterback five in, in my rankings. But given the fact that he was taken in round one, the only quarterback, like you mentioned, taken in, in, in day one and, and going to the Steelers at pick 20, that automatically bumped him straight up to that QB one position, just purely not by what he did, more by the fact that the other quarterback slid so far, like you, you touched upon. Um, you make an interesting, interesting point about how the Steelers feel now. Obviously, hindsight's a, a great thing. Obviously, at that time, they, they didn't know when... well if any of these quarterbacks when they were going to go so um maybe it's a a strong suggestion that they they like pick it the fact they was happy to to use that first round pick on him we know this is a team that that's just lost big ben so um definitely in need of a a quarterback and they're kind of still in that win now position aren't they with the the weapons that they've got both on offense and defense so i feel like it was kind of a a pick that they was maybe potentially forced into but again it's 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 good that they were able to to make that selection in in round one getting pick it that that day one draft capital in terms of fantasy um my only concerns is i just i just don't really see the upside with them to to be honest um the fact that he slid to to pick 20 i mean really you want these quarterbacks you you want them when they go early in 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 the first round of the nfl draft and and the fact that he did slide to to pick 20 is a concern i think if if the steelers were really into him they they would have potentially moved up to to get him so um that's my my only concern but the situation potentially it looks it looks good obviously we know the weapons that the steelers got over there deontay johnson um, Chase Claypool bringing in George Pickens as well, and then they've got Najee Harris running the ball, Pat Frymouth at tight end. It's not very often you get a rookie quarterback coming into a, a situation like this where it's a potential win-now team and, and is surrounded by talent. So on that side of the coin, yeah, you've got to be you've got to be happy that he's landing in that situation. But for me personally, just just thinking long term and then thinking um, the upside in, in fantasy is not somebody I'm super excited about. Um, I know in a lot of my rookie drafts in, in Superflex drafts is. I'm somebody is somebody that I'm probably taking mid mid first. He's not one of those guys that I'm reaching. We all we always preach the quarterbacks are keen superflex. Um but Kenny Pickett, he, he doesn't really do that for me. He doesn't get me excited. Um happy to take him mid first, but not somebody I'm I'm looking to reach on, to be honest. Yeah. No, I mean I think uh it's such a complicated it's mm. such a complicated situation. I think the only real things, like you said, the main things going for him, in my opinion, is the landing spot. Um, obviously the draft capital being, you know, comparative to the field. Um, but I mean, it's such a great landing spot because I just, I think Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches in the league. I think that that coaching staff, that, that back office, you know, the front office, sorry, everything going on with the Steelers, they're just such a well-coached, well-run team that I feel like even if like, so say for example, through training camp, through preseason, if he just doesn't seem quite ready, I feel like they're the kind of team they'll be like, oh, that's all right, we'll run Trubisky out then for a few weeks or even for the whole year if we have to. We'll give you time to develop rather than like some of these other teams who are like, well, you better strap in because you're the week <laughs> one starter. We didn't waste that first pick for nothing. Um, you know, so I think, I think I'm willing to give him benefit of the doubt because I trust the Steelers. But at the same time, that benefit of the doubt only goes so far in the sense that, yeah, I, 
only have one share of Kenny Pickett so far. And that was literally like a startup that I did. And it was because he was like my quarterback three or something like that. And I just thought I need a, I need a third quarterback. And he was like, it was like the 10th or 12th round. He was one of the only options left. And I was sort of like, well, you know, with that first round draft capital, he should, he should have at least a couple of years opportunity to prove himself. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm, I'm certainly in my rookie drafts. I mean, I haven't got any of them in my rookie drafts because I'm not really, I think if you're like a, quarterback desperate team you're gonna have to take him probably early um you know if you have the 103 or 104 and you don't have you only have like one quarterback and it's a 12 team league or something like that then that's obviously bad management on your part um in which case you're probably gonna have to take him i suppose but yeah i wouldn't really want to take him until probably 1819 at the earliest mm-hmm. um personally i just like you said i don't really see I, I think there's quite a lot of wide receivers that i do really like a couple of running backs and then you know i think for me personally, and again, we could totally, I could totally be wrong, but he doesn't offer you that real Konami code sort of, you know, rushing upside that we want in our quarterbacks. And then on top of that, you know, it's not like he has a cannon for an arm and he's just like this absolutely amazing freak athlete or something like that. He just seems like a pretty all right guy, like a poor man's Mac Jones, you know what I mean? And we're not overly excited with Mac Jones even really for fantasy. So, I mean, I think that like best case scenario, he's what like a mid quarterback two, like his best case scenario he could end up being like a qb 14 to 18 or something like that you know regularly and that's fine but it's not something i'm super excited about my rookie drafts i'd rather especially in the early first mid first even i'd be rather shooting for upside with some of these other guys that we have hopes of them being you know top something top 12 or top 15 of their position you know in a in a position that's maybe where you're getting you're getting more points and is making more of a difference for your squad. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, sounds like we're pretty much in the same boat with Kenny Pickett, but yeah, we had to wait quite a while till the next quarterback came off and it was actually somebody I really liked pre-draft. It was Desmond Ritter. So he comes all the way to round three before he gets selected, pick 74 goes to the Atlanta Falcons in a pretty interesting quarterback situation where I believe it was Daniel Jeremiah even comped him to, um, you know, to the, to the starter there. Well, we suppose this we suppose the starter there in Atlanta at the moment. Um and I, I think I'll let you talk about it because I, I really liked Desmond Ritter. So I'm curious what your take is on him now that he's obviously fallen to round three, goes to Atlanta. Are you still interested in him in, in your rookie drafts or whereabouts, I should say, are you interested in him in, in your maybe your super flex rookie drafts? Because I think in a one QB league, we're probably not interested in any of these guys hardly. No. Um yeah, like you said, this is a guy pre-draft as well that I really liked. I think it was my QB three. Um and then a little bit again, like by default, he's moved up now to, to be my QB two in, in this draft class. It's a shame that he's it's obviously been taken in round three, but like we've touched upon with all these other guys falling, um, it's kind of by default, it's bumped him up a spot for me. Now I'm putting him at like QB two um in, in my rankings. The situation's really interesting. Um, obviously competing with Marcus Mario over there to, to be the starter. And to be honest, I feel like Desmond Ritter can beat out Mario while Mario has shown flashes. Obviously, we know he was. It was selected early by the Tennessee Titans when he was drafted, but um, beyond that, it's not really shown too much apart from a few flashy games here and there. Um, lands over the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons, God knows what's happening over there, but it feels like it's it's going to be a big re- rebuild over in Atlanta. So if Marcus Mariota is the starter, you feel like he's going to struggle given the fact that they don't have many weapons outside of Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London who they just drafted. So... I feel like Mariota could be on a bit of a short leash and I think he's going to struggle um, given the fact that they don't have many weapons. So I feel like Desmond Ritter could become the starter as early as maybe even, I don't know, 
seven, eight games into into next season. They could maybe kick the tie, see what happens with, with Desmond Ritter, see what they've selected here in round three. And as I say, he's a guy that I really like in terms of fantasy. He's got that upside, very similar to, to Marcus Mariota, like touched upon. He's got that rushing upside. Um, I really like what he did over at Cincinnati um, in, in the college game. He, he was a real leader over there, led them to, to their best season in, in their history. So he's a clear leader on the field. And, and I feel like that's something that the Falcons could use over there. Um, seen it all over Twitter that he says he's not leaving until he wins him a Super Bowl. So sounds like he's going to have a lot, of, a lot of years over there in Atlanta. But um, yeah, jokes aside, really like Desmond Ridder in terms of fantasy. And if we're just talking about taking taking shots at quarterbacks in Superflex, I'd rather wait a little bit and go for a shot on Desmond Ridder. I know he doesn't have that that high draft capital like Kenny Pickett, but in terms of fantasy, he's got that upside and, and that's what excites me. And if you can get him in, I've seen him go around the, the mid-second in Superflex drafts. Kind of compar- comparable to, to Jalen Hurts last year. Um, obviously a guy that, that went day two and... And when he became a starter, we saw his value shoot up. I feel like that could be similar for Ridder. And as I say, I think he could he could get the opportunity early. No, I think that's a great point. And I was thinking about this the other day. I kind of feel like I'd be really surprised if he doesn't play this year at some point, mm-hmm. you know, because okay. either, right? So let's play this out logically. Either the Falcons suck, like we kind of think they will. Um, and if they do, then the Falcons are going to want to see what they've got. And if they're, you know, they're going to throw him out there and be like, here, let's see what we've got with this guy. Cause maybe it's a, what if it's a Davis mills type situation and he is the truth and he is like legit. And then we're like, Oh, happy days. Now we don't need to waste our first round pick in 23 on a quarterback or not waste, but you know what I mean? We can like invest that elsewhere um, and look and building around this guy, or we can be like, yeah, he's not great. He's just kind of, he is Marcus Mariota, but just younger. Um, and then we can move on and, and plan around getting another quarterback. So that's one scenario. The other scenario, like you said, it could just be a matter of him just beating out Mariota because mm-hmm. Mariota hasn't been a starting quarterback in what, three years? Like, and and the last time we saw him be a starting quarterback, he got his job taken away from him by Ryan Tannehill. So, you know, it's not like he was killing it you know it's not like he was doing a great and then got injured and that's why he lost his job he just got outplayed by the backup so it could be a very similar situation for him where he gets outplayed by the backup so i just think the only real scenario in which he doesn't play this year is that the falcons just surprise everybody and they're a good team i think if they come out and they're like 500 halfway through the season and they're all of a sudden flight you know fighting for like a playoff you know wild card berth or something like that then i think yeah Mariota probably keeps that job and keeps riding with it but yeah 100 i agree with you mid-second or something like that i would definitely be taking a shot on him because if that day comes you almost are guaranteed to be able to get uh, an ROI on that pick, you know, because you you spend a mid-second in a fairly weak class, and I guarantee you if he's all of a sudden the starter week six or whatever, you're going to be able to at least get a 23-second out of him. You know what I mean? Probably get like a first or at least a second and a player. So you're going to make an, a, a return on that investment. So I, yeah, I would 100% be taking a shot on him. I do think he's got that rushing upside that we want for fantasy, and he's a decent quarterback as well. Um, and there's a reason obviously they took him. They must have some sort of interest levels in him. Um, but yeah, we, we, um, we got that little run of quarterbacks here at the end of the third round. So then Malik Willis, who everybody was sort of thinking was going to be the first quarterback. Uh, I remember people talking, you know, oh, he might go at number two overall to the Lions or something like that. And then he falls all the way to pick 86 and he goes to the Tennessee Titans, which is a real interesting set of um, events and i'm curious to hear your take on this with obviously an incumbent starter who has been really good there and then had a really bad playoff game but i mean let's be fair to him he had a really rough season like he had nobody to throw to but he did have a really bad playoff game so that maybe left a little bit of bitter taste in people's mouths 
Um, and they take Malik Willis here. I don't know whether it was a just a value pick and they didn't want to keep passing up on the upside or whether they're genuinely making plans for post Tannehill. What are your thoughts on it? And are you still taking shots on Malik Willis in your rookie drafts? Yeah, I'll just start by saying it just shows how crazy the offseason is, isn't it? I mean, Malik Willis is the guy that we were thinking, oh, maybe he can, he can creep into the first round when, when we first kicked off the offseason. Then as the draft gets closer, we, we see him perform at his, his pro day, gets all that buzz. Everyone starts, like you say, saying he could potentially go as early as pick, early as pick two. And then the fact that he gets taken in round three, I mean, it's been an absolute, absolute roller coaster from Lee Willis and, and his troopers in, in terms of fantasy. Um, just We'll just start with the landing spot, I guess, that the Titans. It is an interesting landing spot, like you talked about. Tannehill obviously struggled a little bit towards the end of, of last season, but I feel like this is a team that, despite the fact that they moved AJ Brown, I feel like they still feel they can compete and get that playoff spot. Um, in, in the NFL. So I feel like they're going to trust that veteran guy, Tannehill, the guy that's been there, took him there last year. Um, so I can't really see a way that Malik Willis is the starter unless it just doesn't play out the way that the Titans are expecting. And and if they do struggle early on or if, if they feel like there's no way they can get into that playoff spot, then maybe they do see what they've got in Malik Willis. But apart from that, I feel like they're going to stick with Tannehill. And, and while he didn't look great, we know that he's a, he's a capable quarterback. He's kind of a little bit like Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess. He's just one of those. He doesn't really wow, especially as in, in terms of, of fantasy. He's not really one of those wow quarterbacks, but he gets the job done. And, and for that reason, I feel like Malik Willis is going to potentially struggle, at least comp- comparing him to someone like Desmond Ritter. And, and Matt Crowley, we're going to talk about in a little bit. Malik Willis, I feel like he has the the harder path out out of these guys to to get to to be that starter. Um, but then just circling back to to fantasy, he's without doubt the most exciting quarterback in this class in terms of fantasy. That rushing upside, um, it's really it's getting up there with Lamar Jackson's style of, of upside in terms of of running the ball. Maybe not quite there, but he's he's not too far away at all. And we know you don't have to be that elite passer of the ball in, in fantasy. I sort of agree with you. It's It's been such a weird, it's just been such a weird situation. The quarterback class specifically was such a weird roller coaster in the offseason. And I think that, you know, Malik Willis, I just, I was never as high on him, I think, as most people were. Like, I, I liked the rushing upside, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I mean? I just, I don't, I don't know. So I was like, but yeah, obviously if he goes in the top 10 or whatever, if he's even a first round pick, then hundred percent, he's my QB one because you have to like just draft capital and opportunity plus the rushing upside is King. Now that he's a third round pick and he's behind Tannehill, like the only way I see him playing this year, like you said, is either Tannehill gets injured, which doesn't really happen. Um, not much. And, or, you know, if for some crazy reason, the Titans just completely fall on their face, you know, and they're just like, six weeks in they're one and five or something like that and Tannehill's been playing like garbage the whole time you know then I could see them you know even just the fans calling for a change and calling because they want to see Malik Willis they want to get excited so I think it's just about a cost of acquisition for me at this point you know like I'm not I think the problem is there were so many diehard truthers that from what I've seen even like into rookie drafts it's like some people I've seen some people still taking him in like the first round of rookie drafts which I think is insanity at this point but then I see a lot of people still taking him in like the second round you know ahead of like these other guys that we're talking about. And for me, I'm just like, I'm probably not willing to take the shot. Um, If he's in the third round and it's a super flex league, like a 12 team super flex league, then I would probably look at possibly just adding him there. Cause I think once you get to sort of the third, fourth rounds, any quarterback who has a potential for like fantasy relevance or, you know, a shot at a starting gig at some point probably should be rostered, you know, cause you can just, just the value, the return on investment. But I agree with you. I think he's definitely, it's been a sad, you know, sort of situation from, from what we thought was going to happen. And he seems like such a nice guy, somebody that you just want to root for. You want to see him succeed. But I think 
honestly, of this little group of three here, he almost has the longest shot of like getting any playing time this year or maybe even at all. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Things, you know, never cease to amaze us nowadays in the NFL. Like you never know, never say never, but that's sort of where I would be at with it. And I think you sound like you're pretty similar to me. Um, the last sort of quarterback here that got taken was Matt Corral. So he got the Carolina Panthers finally, you know, we're like, yeah, no, no more of this. The, the guys are finally starting to go. We're going to trade up here. Um, it's not too expensive. So they traded up into the end of the third round, pick 94, took the, their boy, Matt Corral, uh, somebody I really liked pre-draft. For a long time, I had him as like QB1. And then like the further I dug into his tape, the more I was like, oh, okay, I can see... I can see some problems. I can see some holes in the game here. I get why there's concerns or whatever, but I still really like a lot of the upside. What are your thoughts? I mean, with, with him going there with Donald, the incumbent starter, very shaky ground that he is on. Um, where are you at with Matt Corral? And are you willing to, to still take him in your rookie drafts? Yeah, I mean, I had him QB4 before the NFL draft, like you say, but with all these quarterbacks, it's a shame that he's, he's fell all the way down to round three. But again, this is another one where that situation could potentially be, be really exciting for Matt Crowley. He's got a shot of being a starter early. Obviously, we know that we know the struggles that Sam Darnold's had over there uh, with the Panthers and all those all those ghosts that he keeps on seeing. So there's definitely a shot for Matt Crowell to, to get that early opportunity. Again, a little bit like we spoke about with Ridder, this is a guy that I think could start potentially six, seven games in, maybe not even as long as that because the Panthers again are a team that could they've, they've obviously got aspirations to to get into those playoffs they've got some great weapons DJ Moore Christian McCaffrey coming back from from injury and we know how great Christian McCaffrey can be for for a quarterback because all you've got to do really is get the ball out of your hands throw it to McCaffrey and, and let him do the rest and the same with DJ Moore so the situation's really exciting for Matt Crowell it's just a shame that he's he's fell today too and, and into round three of the NFL draft um but yeah another guy that I'm happy to take a shot on in Superflex um, seeing him go early third round, maybe even mid third round, and again in Superflex, if you can get a quarterback in that range, even though, as I say, he's, he's felt a little bit later than what we what we were hoping for in the NFL draft, he's got a shot at being the starter quite early. Yeah, I think he can he can take that that role and and be the starter. And and to be honest, he can't can't do much worse than Sam Donald, can he? So yeah, definitely somebody I'm, I'm taking a shot on. Yeah, no, I agree 100. I think. Um, yeah, I think it'd be very surprising again, similar to Ritter. It'd be very surprising if he doesn't see some playing time this year, because I just, at this stage, and I'm sad to say that I'm, and it's not like I'm celebrating it. I I'm sad to say that I just don't have any faith that Sam Darnold can, you know, play a whole season and be good and like, you know, do well. And I think that there's a real hot seat there in Carolina. I think that, um, you know, he's probably, you know, the head coach and just the, the general, you know, front office is probably running out of time here a little bit because it's been several rolls of the dice on the quarterback position. None of them have paid off. They've been chasing their tails, making stupid decisions. And I feel like if Sam Darnold struggles, even second, third week, they might just pull the cord and just throw corral in there and just try and get a buzz, um, around the place. And he's certainly very mobile. He's good at like those RPOs, which could help, you know, could work really well with McCaffrey and things like that so I definitely yeah would be pulling the trigger on him if he's in the third round there and you can grab him in a super flex league because just again pure value pick you know if he starts I would probably just be looking to flip him unless you're a hardcore truther or believer again you're probably going to get a better pick in a better class if you can just flip him as soon as he's the starter to a desperate team but yeah we so the next pick was quite surprising we probably won't spend too long talking about it i just thought we needed to give give a shout out here to bailey's happy um respect because i think a lot of people weren't even sure he was going to get drafted you know mm -hmm. pre-draft or weren't 
definitely didn't think he was going to get into the fourth round and be drafted ahead of Sam Howell. So <laughs> he goes uh, fourth round. He goes to the New England Patriots who already have a like very young quarterback in the building. My reading of the tea leaves here is that this is just purely like them taking their backup quarterback, um, you know, just somebody that is not going to be too big of a threat. You know, obviously he's not going to be somebody you're going to be looking over your shoulder at, but is a solid player, smart guy, hard worker, somebody that can really just be a good influence in the in the room and things like that. That would be my understanding of it. But do you have anything to add? Or is there any difference that you see there? Or is there any reason whatsoever you would take him in a rookie draft? No, I think you, you've nailed it. To be honest, I feel like this is just the Patriots taking that back up. They've obviously not got anyone behind Matt Jones. Um, Matt Jones really impressed last year. To be honest, I think a lot of people doubted what Matt Jones was as a quarterback. The fact that he's able to to produce how he did in his, his rookie season, yeah, I, f- I feel like this is just a, a backup pick to, to Matt Jones. And really happy to see him get selected. Like he said, played for that that smaller school at Western Kentucky. So the fact that he's He's been selected in, in round four of the NFL draft. It, it's great for Zappi. I've seen some videos on, on Twitter of him getting all emotional when he got selected. And obviously, it's, it's great to see when, when things like that happen. But sadly, in terms of fantasy, not really somebody I'm going out to target. Maybe if you're in super, super deep leagues, you've got a lot of bench spots or a lot of taxes taxi spots then yeah maybe take a, a shot on him and if anything were to happen to Matt Jones uh, you've at least got a starter for, for a few weeks but apart from that no sadly not somebody that I've, I've really been targeting yeah I don't think there's any sort of quarterback controversy or anything <laughs> no. like that you know so there's nothing to worry about there I don't I don't even think Twitter could 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 put um you know put, make up a, a quarterback controversy there you know as much as they love <laughs> drama and love making something out of nothing at times i just don't even think there's much there even for them uh to kind of make something of so last guy then this is this is the probably the shock of the draft for me as far as the quarterback class goes um sam howell he was some people's qb1 like i he was never my qb1 but i knew some people that i like and a respect and everything that was their qb1 or qb2 he ends up falling all the way to the fifth round pick 144 goes to the washington commanders um what are your thoughts on this one matt and has he completely just gone off your board or are you intrigued at all still based on carson Wentz's less than illustrious back you know backstory here of being a starting quarterback that gets moved on fairly fairly quickly from teams yeah, I feel like when you were talking about people that you, you like and respect that add Sam, Sam Howell up as a QB1, QB2, I, I feel like you're talking about me there, Evan, because, <laughs> because I had him right up there. I absolutely had him right up there. He was he was my QB1 before all the hype started with Malik Willis, and then I fell into to that that hype. I got all excited by Malik Willis, but Sam Howell stayed true right up there as my, my QB2. And, Oh, it's, it, it, it was a painful day seeing him slide and slide and slide. Um, didn't get selected right up until round five. Um, the landing spot, yeah, you could say it's interesting. Obviously, we, we know Carson Wentz has gone over to, to Washington now. feel like he's going to be the starter, but we know that he's had his, his struggle moving team to team over the last few years. So, yeah, if you talked about building building up a, a QB battle on Twitter, maybe this is one people are going to try and do. But for me, I'm I'm sadly out. It's a shame as well because I really like Sam. Well, this is a guy that if you if you talk to Devi people in in that Devi community, this is a guy that was right up there as as the QB one not as long ago as as even a year really. The, the start of last season, he was he was right up there as a top top quarterback in in the upcoming draft class. So um, yeah, he's seen his stock plummet. Obviously, losing a lot of weapons. Um, over at North Carolina, a guy I'm high, Michael Carter, sadly went, the Army Brown, um, losing a lot of weapons. It was always going to be tough for him. Showed that that bit of rushing upside, I think that's maybe what, what some people got excited by. But to be honest, I think those numbers were, they, they weren't what what, the, what they looked like on paper. You, you saw the amount of rushing yards that he had, but then when you watched the tape, it was a lot of just 
poor tackles really just kind of fumbling his way through through tackles so um, I feel like the numbers were kind of overinflated so on the whole in terms of a fantasy prospect it's it's, it's sad times for Sam Howell, but yeah, he's a guy that is nowhere near now. My, my QB too, that's that's for sure. That is that is sad. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I've actually had the opposite response, I suppose, than you because because I was quite low on him pre-draft. Mm. As in, like, I liked him, like, so I, I don't want to make it out like I thought he was rubbish or anything, but I just I was like, he was like my QB like four or five, you know what I mean? In in a class that's not a great QB class anyway. So people when they were talking about taking him in the first round, so I was like, eh, nah, like I'm not interested in that. Even like pre-draft, I just you know I was like, I don't know, I just don't feel comfortable with that. But now I'm like, dude, you can get this guy in like undrafted you know like you can just pick them up off the waivers or even just like even in super flex leagues you can get them in like the fifth round or something like that and so for me it just becomes like cost of acquisition again it just becomes like a hey he's going to a play it'd be different if he was going to um you know kansas city i'd be like ah, oh, it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter i'm not worried he's never going to challenge patrick mahomes um so the only thing you're you're banking on there is a patrick mahomes injury but here i personally i have more faith in carson wentz than i have in sam darnold but not a lot more like, I just do not, I see that he has some skill and some talent. Of course, I appreciate that. But something about him, he rubs his teammates the wrong way. He seemingly doesn't, you know, make great friends in the dressing room. He's not, doesn't seem to um, be able to make good decisions consistently over like a whole season. So I just feel like, and I don't think Ron Rivera is like in trouble at the minute. I don't think his seat is overly hot, but it could be warm. The, the, the seat warmers could be on, um, you know, so it could be like a matter of, you know, they get halfway in the season, especially with them taking a first round wide receiver. You know, they're obviously going for it. They think they're ready to compete. If they get halfway in the season and, and Wentz is being stupid and making a lot of, you know, getting a lot of turnovers and stuff, you, you might see them say, Hey, you know what? Let's see what we, we'll see what we got here. Um, so I think, it's worth it for like a fourth, fifth round pick. You know, you can just throw in your taxi squad and just see what happens because I think people are totally out on him. I think there's like, nah, forget him. Um, doesn't matter. So that is the quarterback class of 2022. I hope you have enjoyed that. I know I certainly did give you some food for thought, some, th some, some darts to throw in your rookie drafts or maybe some values to take advantage of. Um, but yeah, we are, we're going to leave it there because we don't want to make Matt cry and that talk about Sam <laughs> Howell there at the end that got him all teared up and I would hate to see him cry because then he definitely won't be coming back anytime soon. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode in the bag. Hopefully you enjoyed that, found something interesting or useful. Again, if you have a spare 45 seconds in your life, please, please, please drop onto your favorite podcast listening platform and drop a rating and a review. It really helps the show. I would really appreciate it. And guys, hit us up again this week. Matt is back one last time, and we're going to be hitting some UDFAs. It's going to be fun. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate. <laughs>